I'm Amy and this is my very first day at Heart and Soul Center of Light and what I loved about today was just the generosity of heart and spirit and the depth of mind of what we were unpacking today. It was just so nourishing. Thanks for letting me be here. Hi, I'm Pat Reynolds. I'm a licensed practitioner here at Heart and Soul. I've been here for four years and I come because I get love and inspiration and really um, inspired to be all that I can be. Hey, my name is Michael. I've been with Heart and Soul since 2012 and I love the inclusiveness and that we are all a family in more ways than one. Hi, my name is Makeda and I've been a member of Heart and Soul for 13 years. I think it was 2009. And what I like and love about Heart and Soul is that it's all inclusive and I feel a part of. Hi, my name is Suzette Celeste and I'm a founding member of Heart and Soul Center of Light and I'm a practitioner. And I just keep coming back because of the love and the depth of knowledge and the community and just the expansion of applying spiritual principle to everyday life. Thank you. Of light. For anyone who may not have met me yet, allow me that pleasure right now. I am Reverend Angelo Allen. I'm a, oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm a staff minister here at Heart and Soul. And, you know, 13 years and maybe five weeks ago, no one, including the then Reverend Andriette, had an idea of anything called Heart and Soul Center of Light. In fact, myself, Reverend Jack Elliott, Reverend Andriette, and several others were surrendering ourselves to a process that many of you know as visioning, asking into divine mind, what is this thing that is this, it's seeking to be born through Reverend Andriette, this creative impulse that is so insistent, that must have its way. What is it all about? What is it supposed to be? None of us had a clue. And through this process, bits of information began to come through. For some reason, the color red and orange was looming large in everybody's illustrations, and uh, lots of hearts were drawn, il illustrations of light. And somebody actually drew a blue church building, bright blue, which ultimately that was our first church home, as it turns out. And then the name came, Heart and Soul Center of Light. And we said, really? <laughs> and the answer was, yes, for real, for real. That's the name. And from there, the universe seemed to concretize instantly around this idea. We knew we were a spiritual center. We knew we were not just another church. And things took off really, really fast. For those of us who had hair, it blew back. <laughs> and I remember, because it was about two weeks after that, that pivotal time, that we had our first service on a Wednesday, and things were happening so fast, I remember saying to myself, we've got to take pictures because there's no time to take notes. And so I began taking pictures and others, and that started a tradition of what I want to call uh, organic photojournalism at Heart and Soul. We just began collecting images and videos, and we uh, came up with a tradition of producing what is now known as our annual retrospective, which basically uh, is a montage that shows who we have been and who we are becoming in the midst of this big bang that is continually evolving called Heart and Soul Center of Light. And so this year is no different. It is my pleasure and pride to present to you now our 13th Heart and Soul Center of Light 
retrospective.
authorities are still working to Tonight, identify US the virus. Tonight, U.S. on high alert. Screening the coronavirus presents a public health emergency in the United States. part of heart and soul for a little over six years and something i enjoy about heart and soul is the spiritual practices that we take part of my name is tajane i have been a part of heart and soul for four years and i love that i feel so poured into every time i come here and i love that i can pour into others as well hello my name is Rose sharon i've been with heart and soul let's say about seven years and uh, one thing I love about Heart and Soul is it's a safe and loving space for our youth. Hi, my name is Alicia Reeves. I've been with Heart and Soul almost seven years. And the principles that I love about our center is family, being supported as a family, my children being supported, and we being able to practice the principle of love through Heart and Soul. Hi, my name is Kiki, and I have been associated with and a member of Heart and Soul Center of Light for more than eight years. And what I love about Heart and Soul is family and love and taking classes and improving my life. Good morning, heart and soul. Look at us. Thank you. Look at us. Look at us. 13 years. Yeah. And continuing. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I hear the birthday wishes. Thank you so very much for that. My birthday um, is literally today, and it often, it often overlays Heart and Soul's anniversary because we were born about the same time and the same season, certainly. Born in the same Scorpio season. Y'all, some of y'all feel me. Some of y'all understand. And, and maybe if you understood that, that, um, that heart and soul was born in that season, you might be more understanding. <laughs> you, you just might have a little more empathy and compassion for, 
for how things unfold. It when we thank you, Reverend Angelo, thank you, Ensemble, thank you, Heart and Soul, for all of the folks who show up and have shown up, for those who tagged base with us, because there were in looking at and in, in experiencing our retrospective. We, we had some moments of those folks who have gone on for how so never they went on. You know what I mean? Some folks literally left the planet. Some folks left the area. Some folks simply left this community. I am so grateful for the comings and the goings. We, we, there's something about at the core of who we are, we are listening. In <laughs> Reverend Angelo, I need you to just, this is me high five and this is me touching and agreeing. You are the goat. <laughs> the greatest of all time. When my partner in this from those very first moments, Reverend Jack, um, has a sore throat, and he was to get on a train yesterday afternoon to be here. And so when we spoke in the morning, and he said, well, I'm sure it's going to be better, because, you know, sometimes that happens. You awaken with a little something, and it just gets better, and things are fine, but it didn't. And so what hit me was, I thought, well, maybe we need to just postpone the anniversary, because we haven't had none with Reverend Jack before. You know, what's this going to be like? And, and of course, I was, I was having my own moment, so some of it is in jest and some of it isn't at the same time. So I just am, Reverend Jack, I know you're tuned in. And so this is me likewise, <laughs> likewise, because those early moments, those first moments of I've shared that what I felt was a hand at my back like pushing, and literally I felt like I was kind of doing like, you know, stop it kind of energy. And what was present for me were my two brothers in ministry. And I knew that as I was being pushed forward, that they were with me, that they had me. And this is not, this is not like an individual story that I'm telling about me. I'm telling our story, meaning that this is true for all of us. This is true for all of us, that there's a calling on our lives, and we are not always willing to step right to it. Yeah? And so the push will still be there. And what I want you to look out for is those that got you. That there's always, you're never, what, see, there is, it's always alone, and it isn't. It is and it ain't. But you must be perceptive. The, an aspect of heart and soul that has supported us is that we are listening and we are visioning. Now, how we put those things together and how quickly and responsive we are, you just have to pray for us. But steady, Freddy-like, we are listening to divine guidance, and we are visioning. So we're looking, we are, and sometimes, can I just go on record and say sometimes that listening and visioning will piss some people off. Because it's not going to look like the forward motion. It will sometimes look inconsistent. It will require that we turn on a dime. So I love that when Reverend Angelo in producing the, um, uh, ex the executive director producer uh, for the retrospective, that moment when it all breaks up. It wasn't like we had some special notice. It wasn't like we knew what to do. But can I tell you, we'd already had the conversation about a virtual ministry, about what equipment we might invest in. That was already there, and I was just holding it because that didn't make no sense to me. But the moment it made sense, I had sense enough to call and say, what that thing that you was talking about? 
we about ready to do that. And so this notion of us being a loving and compassionate world-class teaching and empowerment ministry has everything to do with listening and visioning. Listening, tuning in, and then being willing to see and hear and feel and be responsive as best we can to whatever is there to guide us. So we are clearly on and have been and will continue to be. Life is an adventure in faith. So it's not an event, it's what we signed up for. If we're still here and if you're in the room and still breathing, then you are on an adventure in faith. And we happen to be on it. Ours is, is connecting in a profound way in this moment. There'll come a point when we will each appear to be going our separate ways. It's an appearance, do not be fooled. We are still in this together. We are still moving on this, riding this adventure in faith. This thing is unfolding in divine and perfect ways for us. So look, y'all, there is, um, I'm just trying to catch up with myself. Give me a moment here because I'm like, here we go. Here we go. I found myself. So look, in Psalm 73 and 26, it says, my health may fail. My spirit may grow weak. But God, the living one, the strong one, remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. To me, this is the portal through which we've come. This awareness that no matter what is happening or what appears to be happening, or look up, what isn't happening? Because that that we were counting on to happen did not happen, ain't going to happen. There is still that that is steady in our lives. There is still that that is continuous. There is still that that is that we are anchored in. This is why our devotional practice is so essential. Because if you don't have a devotional practice, you're probably not anchored in much that matters. I feel like I kind of stepped on some toes. We want to mess up my suede boots, though. <laughs> just, but I sometimes, you know, sometimes you just have to do a little bit with that. There's another quote that I want to share with you: that when you can't control what's happening, challenge yourself to control the way you respond to what's happening. And that's what we've done. It's not like we know what we're doing. This is the first church we ever started. We don't have no history in starting churches. And so I know some of y'all had some expectations, but this is our first time starting a church. So we're just doing the best we can. We need you to just get on board with the first time starting a church and doing something for 13 years. But you see, those 13 years don't like happen at once. We made 13 years of errors. 13 years of success, 13 years of changing our mind, 13 years of telling you one thing and then coming back and telling you something different, 13 years of doing our best and responding to whatever was going on the best we could, what listening and visioning. That's where our power is in paying attention to the truth, not all of the machinations, not the chaos, not the effect, but the cause. Paying attention. Now look, we have fallen and not up, gotten up readily, meaning we've made major errors. I have. Absolutely I have. And yet I am still committed and doing the best I can. So this notion of responding in the highest and best way, we just do our best. There's probably somebody, somebody's in the room right now who's mad with me. I'm, I don't even bother to try to check no uh, posture and all that. In my early days, I used to try to be like, oh, what's it? You're going to have to talk to me straight if you need to. But sometimes your pisosity could just mean work it out. It could just be a message for you. It may not include me. 
It may look like it until you really take it under closer scrutiny and review. Listening and visioning, you may find it's just your life lesson. You may find that I just showed up as a free coach and teacher. And I ain't mad, not trying to collect. But just don't miss your blessing. And just know that you show up for me in similar ways. We are truly in this together. Now look, there is a, if you are reading with us in the 365 days of abundance, and you've already read today, just bear with me because I got to tell this. It is one of my favorites, and I have messed it up and given a different version on numerous occasions, but I'm going to try to go by the way she actually wrote it today <laughs> as best I can because it's a, it's a Chinese proverb, fable, and um, it is, she says, a tale of relativity. And this is why I'm often inserting it into, into my message. Here's this, so, yes. Don't matter what y'all do. Okay. So she starts by, the, the story goes that on a given evening, um, it's a parable about a farmer who had one of his horses run away. So he has a stable of horses, one ran away. That particular evening, all of his neighbors came to commiserate. That's us. You know how we in the business. It's your horse, it's your house, it's your business, but we in it. So we've come to tell you what, we've come to tell you what that means because your horse ran away. The impact on your life because the horse ran away. And so what we said to, to the, the, um, the farmer is that we're so sorry that the horse ran away because it's very unfortunate. That's going to be a problem for you. And of course, the farmer's response is maybe. Maybe. The next day, the horse came back and brought seven wild horses with him. So here you come again. Oh, ain't you lucky. Ain't you lucky. What a great turn of events. Now you got eight. You, you just doing all the things. Yes, the farmer once again says, help me out now. All right, you know your part. The following day. The son, in trying to break one of the wild horses, because they are, you know, you're going to be here, wild horses. We're getting ready to work with you. And so the, the son breaks his leg, gets thrown from the horse. His leg is broken. Here y'all come again. Here you come. Oh, poor thing. Poor thing. Now you got the broke, your son got the broken leg. Ain't it awful? And, you know, some of y'all are special about this. You even predict what's going to happen to the son with the leg healing or maybe not healing. Y'all are special in this way. So the day after that, you're not done yet. So the day after that, there is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the, conscri the conscription officers came around to draft the young men into the army. And they rejected his son. Why? Because he had a broken leg. Here y'all come. Oh, you are so fortunate. Because now the same unfortunate situation with the son, now it's fortunate, you see. And so as the farmer once again's response is, and the author of 365 Days of Abundance calls this a tale of relativity. Because often we miss in our lives how quickly we rush to judgment. That that diagnosis, that COVID, that, that the pandemic, that the way things unfolded, that the fact that you got to move. Because you see, we were, oh, y'all don't even know sometimes the way that spirit moves and the instruction and the why listening is required and paying attention. Because it wasn't until our former, it just got to a point where, no, I'm okay, like Moses. We just were like, you know what, we is out. We just got to go. And so there was a moment that we shifted what we thought we had to have. Because 
what I gleaned early on was that although we were talking about, you know, six months or whatever, many people were. I had a listening of at least 18 months. And so that looked very different when you're unhappy where you are. Oh, listening. So all of that, all of that negative energy that, that some of us on the board felt whenever we were dealing with the business arrangements in that location, we can see it now from a vantage point of maybe. Maybe he ain't going to stop poking until you leave. <laughs> you got to be willing to do. Yeah, y'all feel that, huh? That there's a point at which we get that maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is supporting me in a way that I have not allowed myself to be supported by all the other ways that were available to me. Maybe this is my opportunity. Maybe things are working out perfectly. I don't like them. But maybe they're unfolding in a perfect order. Can y'all say with me? Maybe. Maybe. So I'm invoking that that can be a part of our 14th year affirmation. You know, by the time you have a birthday, you've already lived that number of years. So now we's working on 14. So for our 14th stretch, can we invoke maybe and not be so certain at first glance what a thing means, how a thing is serving you, the benefit of that experience or the detriment of that experience. Maybe we can rest in maybe. Maybe we can. And in so doing, we can affirm, I am so happy and grateful that God, the living one, the strong one, is the strength of my heart. That the living one, the strong one, gives me perspective every day. Because that's what maybe is invoking. It's invoking a perspective. Show sure enough, the fact is X. But that may or may not have anything to do with you. Because you have the power, the where, that's where your power is, in fact, in deciding what that means to you. Prognosis, diagnosis first, prognosis, maybe, maybe. Y'all know my story is an infant. If that were true, I wouldn't be here. Maybe. Got the last rites. Anyhow, I'm good. You know, got them, packed them away, got it good for whenever. But the truth is, maybe that's not how my life is going to go. Maybe what they're predicting and saying to you on the job, and maybe that ain't how it's going to really go. Maybe. For you, the opportunity. Let me give you this little piece of lyric. You know how I like to do that. After all, after everything I've seen, I thank God still. Still I have joy. Through the storm and through the rain, through the heartaches, the debts, the pain, thank God I still have joy. Greetings, heart and soul, Center of Life family. My name is Pamela Grimm, or Pam G., and I have been with Heart and Soul for the entire 13 years. And the reason that I love this community is because it is just that, a community, a family, my chosen family. They see me, they love me, and they appreciate me, and I appreciate them. Thank you. Hi, I'm Joy Lewis, and I'm a founding member of Heart and Soul Center of Light. Uh, from when we were in a little incubator to our second home now to this home. And the reason I love Heart and Soul Center of Light so much is 
the love that I feel when I come in here and the abundance of wealth and knowledge that I'm given to deal with this everyday life. I, I can't do without it. Hi, my name is Warren. I've been with Heart and Soul for about 13 years. And I love all of the camaraderie and the spirituality and the teachings. Hi, my name is Brenda Chenault. I've been with Heart and Soul for about seven years. And one thing I really love about Heart and Soul is the music, the soul-stirring music. Hi, my name is Danielle, and I've been with Heart and Soul for 13 years. Um, why I love Heart and Soul is just the, the spiritual teachings that have truly changed my life and helped me grow into the person that, that's blossoming now. Um, and of course, community that keeps me here. Just for the record, I still have joy. Just so you know that after all the stuff, after all of it, and there's not a one of us who doesn't have a testimony, and testimonies can only be born out of test. So there's not a one of us who hadn't been through some stuff. And yet the opportunity is to declare that, yeah, been through that, or still going through it, or can see it up ahead, and you're like, <laughs> I don't know that I want to go through that. But still, I encourage you, I implore you, to simply decide that you still have joy because it's your choice. Joy is, and each of us can em embrace it. Joy isn't about pretending you're happy. Joy isn't about faking it. Joy is a spiritual principle. It is present and available. Each of us can decide. Maybe. You can start with a maybe, can't you? Maybe. Pissed off mad about it, don't like them because they, whatever. I still have joy. Somebody offered a long time ago, don't let nobody steal your joy. Because you really have to just present it and give it away. Do not just let your joy go. After all, after all the pain, after the debts, after the shame, somebody would say. After the guilt, after all of that, I still have joy. Yeah, you better ask somebody. Look. Whew. Aristotle offers us this, or offered us this. It is said, let me just be clear. I count him braver who overcomes his desires than him who conquers his enemies. For the hardest victory is victory over oneself. My sense is that that's heart and soul is that lab. This is, remember how you had the lecture and then you had the lab? <laughs> You could sleep, not through the lecture. But the lab, you had to show up and be engaged. You had to be with the lab partner, usually, your little lab pod, working something out. Heart and soul is the place where you work it out. Yeah, even if you're tuning in from Wessonneva, you still have to work it out in lab. So I'm grateful that you're with us, however you're with us, taking classes, tuning in on Sunday, whatever it is you're doing, make sure you are sensing that you are also in the lab, that you are doing the work, that you, not, you don't just have some notes lined up somewhere, that you're actually applying these principles in some way, shape, or form. And what I know for sure, it shows up in your life. It shows up in my life. And you know, this is not a mountaintop teaching. So this is not me saying, I studied it. I, I am working through it at newer levels all the time. All the time. That's what's happening. 
this notion, when I read that, that, uh, that quote attributed to Aristotle, it reminded me of Chadwick Boseman, the man as he has been shared with us by people who know him, people who love him, but also the character that he played as King T'Challa. That there's something, and, and let me just say that you, y'all know that next Friday, on Friday, which is Veterans Day, so it's a legal holiday, so we thought that that would be a good time for those of you who probably would have taken off work anyhow, but now you don't have to, can be with us. And here's what I want to tell you. I want us to come together afterward. I don't mean that afternoon, but to come together so that we can unpack it, so that we can really, would you understand if I said squeeze all the juice out of it? Because what I know is that um, there, I watched a program recently with uh, 2020 with uh, Robin Roberts uh, interviewing Ryan Coogler. And um, that gave me, I thought, we're going to have to do a little more with this. This didn't just run on in here and see the movie and eat some popcorn and go on home. In fact, I'm thinking I'm probably going to have to see it with us and then see it again. And then let's talk about it. Let's unpack it. Let's tease out whatever the message is that we can glean for us. Because what? Maybe there's something there for us. Maybe there is. Maybe there's some insight. Maybe there's a way that, that because where we are as a community, as leadership, is that we are, we are redefining, we are revisioning, we are listening in a new way to who are we now that we've come through what we didn't even know could happen. Anybody here who knew there was going to be a pandemic? So we didn't, we, we were not even, you know, we wasn't like we had that in the plan, in the strategic plan, there was no pandemic was not on the radar at all, but we've been through it. So there's something about discerning. So who are we now that we've been through that? Who are we now that we didn't give up? Because there were invitations to just quit or to shift in such a way that we would not be recognizable. So who are, let me ask it this way, who are you now that you've come through that? Who are you? Now that you're on the other side of whatever it is, because I don't know if your employment is the same. I know the way it looks is different. I don't even know who I'm talking to right now. But I know that it has a different, there's something different about it. Nobody was able to just keep on with the status quo. So who are you now that you can work from home for two years? Who are you now that you can gain the weight that you gained? Who are you now that you lost the weight that you get? Who are you now? Do you see what I'm saying? Who are you now that you haven't seen those folks you used to see daily and thought you couldn't live without seeing? Who are you now that some of them you don't even know where they are? Who are you now? Who are we? What I know for sure is something different, something more. Something, I can't name it or number it, but there has, there's a shift for all of us. So as we, as we, maybe Dr. Barbara King, powerful, many of us miss her, her voice in the presence of what's happening. Dr. Barbara said, the moment you move out of the way, you make room for the miracle to take place. Let's be about getting out of our way. Maybe we can do that. Maybe we can just, and maybe you don't have to ask the question, Rev, how do I get out of my way? Maybe you can already know that. Maybe you can listen. 
Maybe you can vision. Maybe you can sense. Maybe you always knew. Big Mama and them told you, you already know. Don't ask me that. <laughs> you already know that. I'm not even answering that, right? Somebody stopped you along the way and said, why are you asking me? I know you know that. Just you sit, sit, go over there and sit down. <laughs> go over there and sit down. And, after, and then come back and tell me that you know. And sure enough, it came to you that you know. This may be that. This may be that. This may be that where you get to acknowledge that you already know. So would it be all right if I just assigned you to find that 2020 special with Robin Robinson, Roberts, Robin Roberts, called Black Panther in Search of Wakanda? So y'all know how to find stuff. You don't need us to give you all. Maybe you could just find it. You could Google, you could search. You, you know what you do with other stuff. Maybe you could do that. And I'm just going to assign it, but my prayer is that we fill the space on Friday, that we're all in there, invite people, whatever you want to do, that we're in there together, and that those that are willing, and there could be multiple sessions. We don't all have to come together in the same Zoom session. There may be some folks who want to come together in person and some other folks who want to Zoom at different times. We'll work it out. But I feel like it would be a missed opportunity now that I've seen this special, the 2020. I know that they didn't pack some stuff in there. And I think it's worthy of us to take a look at it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm, as for me and my house, we's going to be there because I need to know. I need to see it on the big screen. So anyhow, look at here. Iyanla Van Zandt offers us this. She says, you will never accrue the wealth, experience the success, do the things you really want to do as long as you worry about it. Could this be the moment where we declare we cease worry? And I know there's plenty that we could worry about. If worry is a thing to be done, there's plenty to worry about. I'm just not clear. It ha I looked in my own life, and that's what brought me to, to bring this. My, this time, my birthday period is all season. My birthday season is always an introspective time. And so I'm simply sharing with you what I'm always reading, and I just haven't shared it all, because I know that because of that practice for me, I, I open myself. I know that this is the start of my new year, and I, all, I don't want to just trip in and fall into that. I don't want to just accidentally have lived another year that I didn't pay no attention to because I didn't set an intention for it. And so this is a time that I'm forever looking. So I had already discerned some time ago that while I worry, there was no benefit to it. That when I finished worrying, I was just, whoa, out. <laughs> that invariably, after, and it took a while, I had to stop and just see, is this serving me? And whatever's going on in your life, I encourage you from time to time to just stop and see, is this working for me? And worry was a thing that I discerned that I could benefit from letting go of. Now, it's not been easy because I still go there. But now, more often than not, I recognize that I have tripped and fallen into the worry pit. And that what I need is help getting out, not to set up a chair and table. Because I used to worry. It was an art form. And I could, like, I could out-worry some people. We could have the worry tournament to just see who could out-worry the other. And I, you know, some of us are champion warriors. And I just decided I was going to remove myself from the game. I'm not playing worry tournament no more. I'm not trying to win the worry trophy. Because I already got plenty. 
I'm not, I'm just, so this notion of letting go of worry and how it interferes with your good. Why? Because it fosters doubt. And if you're doubting what you're affirming, you are at cross purposes. It's as if your tongue is forked. You are saying you do while you say you don't. Does that make sense? Iana says, chances are you're thinking in terms of what you do not have and cannot do. You, it's okay if you say, get out of my business. <laughs> your good cannot get to you if your mind is filled with lack. Your good cannot get to you if your mind is filled with lack. Your good cannot get to you if your mind is filled with lack. And if you're worrying, your mind is filled with lack. She says you have no room for blessings if your words are laced with limitation. All of the lack, limitation, other words for worry. In this context, you will not notice or be open to new experiences if you're stuck in the old one and worry. Nobody's worrying about the good that's to come. <laughs> what you want may be totally new to you. It may be way beyond your highest expectations. I'm going to tell you it is. That's why you worry. Because it's going to change everything, isn't it? And that's our fear, that too much will change, even though we've been praying for change. Now, you didn't call it change. You called it by whatever it was, but no, it's a change or you wouldn't be praying. She said with love. How can it get to you if you keep getting in the way? Yeah, it's time for you to move. Realizing that the thing you're seeking is also seeking you. Get out of the way. Let it happen. Let it be. Let go of your negative thinking. Let go of your worry. Let go of your doubts and your fears and your entertaining lack and limitation. Good, good people, good circumstance, good food, good everything is on its way to you by the law of attraction. It's not magic. It's not superficial. It's not fake. It is the law. Now, it's going to look like a miracle, and you'll be able to give miracle testimony but it will simply be the way life gets to be the way it is. It's using the law. It's engaging divine principle for real. One of the things I love about our sister Yanla is that she always gives you a little work to do because she knows you ain't going to, this ain't magic. She knows you ain't going to get this done just sitting there reading the thing. And so the assignment she offers, she poses this question. She says, what fears, doubts, and bad habits are deterring you from your good. What's in the way? And then she say, write it down. Don't just act, you know, write it down. Get in it. Journal about it. Let it go. Let you and your prayer partner share about this. Get underneath it. Crack the code so you can see what, what you're working with. If you don't know what you're working with, you're probably getting worked. Because it's the moment that you discern what you're working with that you can own it and you can shift it. Yeah? Okay. So look, <laughs> this is just the beginning. You know, Heart and Soul is having its birthday and it's setting its intention for the 14th year. So when I say to you, this is just the beginning, I'm quoting lyrics, but I mean it simultaneously. The year of refreshing. What? The plan is unfolding. The time of our great 
blessing. Look at here. Expect nothing but victory. I need you to hear me. Expect, because we're in expectancy. Now, you may not tell anyone or say it aloud, but your behavior begets what you're expecting. Beginning today, what? Expect nothing but victory. I know this stuff. It just came to your mind, didn't it? That's between you and victory. Let it go. Ain't your business. Not your business. Your business, expect nothing but victory. When people ask you, I'm in expectancy, you don't have to tell them for what. Don't talk too much. You know you are expecting victory. For public consumption, you're in expectancy of your good. Yes. That's the promise in all things. To be exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask. You see, that's the thing. Expect the great. Let's just take a moment to return within. Just allowing ourselves to settle in a place of infinite peace where we recognize and know one cosmic reality that there is one life and that life is God's life the living one the strong one the eternal one it is known by many names in many traditions that life is my life now and it is the life of every one of us every one of us here in this sanctuary, every one of us who are watching online, every one of us who will catch the video later, every one of us everywhere, because in truth there's only one of us everywhere, and it is the one life of God. And so it is in this knowing of absolute unity, I speak my word declaring and knowing that something powerful is afoot. I know that every space, every corner, every crevice of reality is filled with love. The love of the ancestors. The love that we have for each other. The love that is life expressing through us. And I'm knowing that God is forever on our side, lifting us up carrying us forward, allowing our greatest yet to be to unfold from year 13 to year 14 and beyond. I'm declaring great and magnificent things are already on the runway, on the approach. All we need to do is be willing to receive that which is already granted. All the good, all the abundance, all the peace, all the joy, all of the happiness. For each of us individually and all of us collectively, we are committed to allowing a world that works for everyone. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this unfolding Big Bang called Heart and Soul Center of Light. I am grateful for the healing that this community brings into the world. I am grateful for the teaching and for all that we be, all that we do, all that we have, and even more. And knowing that we are blessed. There is nothing else for me to say or do to make our prospects even brighter because they can't get any brighter. God's got it. And so I simply release this word with confidence and conviction that it is already so. And I allow this word to have its space in each and every one of us. And I seal it for all time by saying amen. 
Ashe, and so it is. Love matters. Thank you, Reverend Angelo. I want to remind everyone that we have a brief light reception happening as soon as we complete this. There's still more to see, and then we will move into our heartbeat area. Yeah, but thank you for being here today. This was a great celebration. Thank you. Record.